Yes, folks. It's 2 p.m. Pacific time. It's Thursday. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... I'm Fred McMurray, and we're here today with my co-host Ray Pillar, uh, Kristen Jamalzi, and our guest Jake Rankin. Ray, take it away. Ways to support and show appreciation towards. I think that's a wonderful statement, and everyone should have that. Every franchisor should have that statement, or even the franchisee should have that statement towards the people. Our bread and butter are our employees. And right. in your case, your franchisors. So tell us a little bit more about uh, Talon Home Care. Okay. So we are a uh, senior care franchise brand um, focusing on uh, both non-medical and home care. So the, um, we're also a senior placement agency um, where so if people can't stay home, um, we'll help people find the appropriate uh, community to live in. So we're, we're kind of like two franchises um, all rolled into one, if you will. And our overall mission, you know, um, is, is really just that, um, trying to empower people to take control of their own life and, and lead them through whatever it is they're facing to accomplish their goals, whether it's our franchisees and their goal is um, business ownership and, and having freedom and flexibility, whether it's our caregivers and helping them um, climb that career ladder or our clients helping them stay safe and successful at home. Um, we really try to work hard to, to make sure that we um, help all of the above in any way that we can. Jake, the second part of what you said was about um, placement. So for somebody to use your service, do they need to be a senior then, or could they just be somebody who needs that extra care? It's somebody, it's mostly for seniors. It's somebody who needs to move into like a nursing home or assisted mm -hmm. living or memory care. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of options out there. And so you might need help narrowing down the options that best fits, you know, your geographic needs, uh, social needs, medical needs, financial needs, et cetera. Um, financial needs is a huge one. We were uh, not too long ago looking to bring my father-in-law here. And we looked at a place here in the, in the immediate vicinity and I was shocked. I mean, was it like oh, over over five thousand a month? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. And and the oh. buy-in was like a mortgage payment. 
it was really crazy. And, oh, and oh, okay. You were doing, okay. So it was kind of like a senior living, but you don't really need to have that care, but you could grow into more care, you know what I mean? Kind of like a transition Com area. Common term is like a, they call it CCRC, Continual Care Retirement Community, where okay. you'll buy condos or apartments or, yeah. or whatever, but then they also have assisted living at some point, and they can do nursing homes at some point. Um, yeah. all on the same complex or campus. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about how, I mean, I read it, but obviously our listeners um, may not have, have any idea about this, but tell us how you came to get into this business because it seems very um, personal to you. Well, I, I've been in the industry for about 15 years, so maybe 16 years. I started out, um, actually was in sales for a couple of years uh, in college and doing things, but I wanted to find something that made a difference. And my uncle, who was uh, an executive at a hospital and mentioned getting into healthcare. So I took a job as a caregiver and started out as a caregiver and a staffing scheduling person while I was getting my, my bachelor's degree. And that kind of led me to starting my first office for, for them um, and kind of boomed my career from there, you know, as a, regional sales manager and obviously in multiple offices, but it was, I had some personal trauma in my life that kind of led us to starting town home care. You know, uh, it was just kind of frustrating. You know, I, I've, at that point in time, I think I've been in the industry like 10 years and I saw, you know, I've been sitting at kitchen tables and hospital rooms with families and helping them guide through kind of what's next and what to think about and best questions to ask. But when it came to my turn to deal with that with my own mother, it, uh, there was a lot of challenges and difficulties. And I just remember thinking, um, wow, you know, here I am, 10 years experience. I'm a certified senior advisor. Why does it have to be so hard? Why is the hospital fighting me? Why is the doctor fighting me? And mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, <clears throat> you know, I wonder what it would be like for people who didn't have my experience and how horrible that would be. And Right. So I just kind of saw that, you know, there's really not a lot of advocates out there. There's a lot of people who specialize in their own little silo, you know, mm -hmm. their own little nature area that they're in. But who's really going to advocate and, and help, you know, people as they try to navigate that complicated healthcare system? And so kind of the core behind our business, you know, no matter no matter what, that, that free advocacy, you know, the advocation, the support, the yeah, care management that we provide, that's all free in what we do, whether they're, somebody's a client of ours or not. Um, we just want to want to be known as a place that people can turn to when they need help. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, that was going to be my next question. Uh, I, I, I think there's a lot of confusion out there as to what's available, and then you do get sticker shock when you do begin to delve into it. Yep. And mm -hmm. it, it's really hard to uh, make your way through all of that without some sort of an advocate who's been in the, you know, in the industry and, and, and knows, you know, no, you don't have to spend 10,000, you can spend 5,000 or, you know, whatever. And to have it free is uh, fantastic, uh, you know. Well, today, know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, today too, think about how many people, particularly in my age group, right? We have three kids we're getting ready to put through college, and I've got aging parents. One that's, you know, my mother-in-law is 80 right now, and then, you know, my dad is much younger. But I think a lot of people find themselves in that struggle of how do we manage 
college and elder care. And oh yeah, by the way, I'm still working and trying to um, make ends meet on a regular basis at home. Are you seeing a lot of that? I mean, it seems to me you would run into a lot of that. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, we're we're living longer right now and we're staying alive. So you're probably dealing with your mom, you're probably dealing with your grandmother, and you're also dealing with, you know, your kids all at the same time going to college. And how do you take the time to dive into that? And when something happens and everything kind of puts life on hold on a dime, you know, it, you know, what what you should be focusing on is helping your loved one recover or helping your loved one, you know, um, in other ways, you don't need the added stress of researching and trying to decide, you know, is what the hospital tell me is true or, you know, what all options do I have? How do I, how do I figure that piece out? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're definitely seeing that. And that's why, you know, our industry is at the beginning of a massive boom. Um, you know, they say every industry has a bubble, right? That mm-hmm. perfect time to be in it. And um, right now I think is our industry and that bubble is going to last for about 19 years. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it kind of takes you through the whole baby boomer thing, right. right? I mean, I know when I opened my business, that was one of the considerations I had is that, you know, who's going to be your target? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again, Kristen. Yeah, I like the pose. You know. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know, it's a, it's like a statue of Kristen there. Yeah. Looking <laughs> off into the future. I like that. We'll get her back. Go ahead, Ray. You better jump in here. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to jump in here. <laughs> so I, I want to talk a little bit more about the franchise itself. Let's start with uh, uh, what is your uh, what is your typical uh, buyer into your franchise? Uh, you know, what does he look like? What does she What does she look like? We we like people who are very coachable, people who like to follow systems, take advice. Um, we found that um, former military veterans um, seem to do fairly well. Um, those who are very uh, organized seem to do very well. Um, having a sales background also can be very helpful because there's a lot of sales in what we do. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to be an expert or have any knowledge at all about healthcare to be successful. You know, I think mm-hmm. our best franchisee right now, um, he's former military, uh, retired Air Force colonel. And um, zero healthcare experience whatsoever, but he's just, he's, he's doing really good. He, I mean, the biggest thing is he, he communicates well. His passion is there. You really have to have a passion for this industry if you're going to do yes. well. Yes. And I think that's what people see. They see his passion, his follow through, his dedication. That's, that's the biggest key to his success, I think. Yep. Yep. So uh, what does it take to get involved in your franchise? You know, uh, uh, what, what, what are your requirements? What are, what's the, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, most franchises have say, well, you can have a network of or liquid funds of, and what is the franchise fee? Yeah, we, we do have those, you know, liquid assets and, and, and net worth things that we take a look at, but the biggest thing is really having that passion. You know, mm-hmm. one of the problems I've seen in our industry is too many brands have sold franchises to people who have money. And they just look at it as, oh, I can make a ton of money in this industry. I'm going to buy a franchise. And then they find out that, well, wow, yes, you can definitely do that. You really need to have have that passion behind it. And so that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that we look for is um, 
um, you know, we want you to have the money, but we really want you to have that passion. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Listen, um, having, having the money is, is uh, it's <laughs> one, of, one of the pillars is you want to make sure you have enough money to get through the tough times. Absolutely. You know, because uh, well, both Kristen and I have been through that downturn in uh, 2000, yeah, <laughs> and now the corona thing. Uh, so you've got to have the funds available in the background to, right. to, to fill in, to, to save your business. And, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Well, why do I need so much money? Why do I have to have someone, you know, so much right. liquid in, in, in funds is because Sometimes it's only going to take one dollar to save your entire savings. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So, Kristen, are you back with us? You're muted. Um, no, Suzette. No. She's just having real. For once, it's not me. <laughs> Can't hear you. <laughs> She's got a new yeah, hat on. Or new background, so you know it, it's actually good. So, all right. So while she's working on that, what? So I'm going to ask my famous franchise disclosure document. You obviously have an FDD. Yes. So uh, you also know that it's the greatest cure known to mankind for insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great tool to help you sleep. It is. Um, <laughs> God, some of them that I've been through have been really put me asleep. So my question to you is what when, not necessarily about your FDD, but what when you're talking to somebody about the FDD, which I know comes up often in conversation, what sections of the FDD do you recommend people read first to see if a franchise is correct for them? I know the answer is you got to read all of it, but my belief is, is that there's a two, three sections you can read first to see if it matches what you want to weed them out. So what are the two or three sections you'd recommend? Uh, when I look at FDD, the, the first section I go to, I, th I think it's the item two, where it talks about the business experience of all the, uh, the owners and the key players within there. Um, if I'm buying a franchise, I want to know what is their history and what their background. And mm -hmm. In our industry, I've seen a lot of people, there's a lot of private equity firms and a lot of people who are in position to make decisions that have never worked in healthcare and never worked in senior care. And if I was, you know, if I was buying a franchise, I'd want to learn from people who have actually done. I think that's a really good point. She's back, folks. <laughs> well, and you Perfect know, it's funny. To be back. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm so sorry. We've gone through different headsets and different backgrounds, different computers. This is crazy. We were fine earlier today, but um, the one thing that you said that really interests me is um, in that particular section, we often talk about. Um, making sure that you have the financing and all that kind of stuff and more of the hard stuff. But I think in a field like you're in with senior care, it is important to have somebody who understands you have to have a passion. Like senior care to me is not a field you get into if you're just looking to make money. Correct. Right. Yep. Because well, the money may follow. Yes. You really have to have a love for people and understanding, um, you know, I'm sorry that you had to go through that with your mom. Um, I just recently went through it with my mom. And I think that that gives you a greater appreciation even for the people who work in that field. 
and the things they must go through every day as right. caregivers. So yeah, you absolutely have to. And I just feel like, like I said, there's a lot of private equity firms buying up franchisors in my space. And I mean, what's the main goal of a private equity firm? They, they buy, try to fix it so they can sell it in five to seven years down the road. And um, I have lots of friends in those systems and they just keep telling me that they're cutting costs and they're cutting costs and they're doing things because they're trying to maximize profits. And, and that's the point I was making about my mom. It, it ends up being more of a numbers game to these large corporations and not yeah. about the care. And, yeah. And, I think Ray no. and I are experiencing a little bit of that um, here and there too. And, mm. you know, it's really a balance. And I will tell you that I think that's the great thing about owning your own business. If you can be kind of the shield between mm -hmm. the private equity groups that want to make money and your customers or your clients, right? You're the shield. So while your franchisor may have different um, underlying plans, your success is really in how you filter that message and keep the kind, caring. Right. Yeah. But you need to make sure you're both are moving in the same direction. You know, Absolutely. if they're trying to cut costs, they may not be adding new programs. They may not be trying very hard to make things more competitive. And so yeah. if you were going to go, you know, push that boulder downhill instead of uphill, you want to make sure you're on the same page with your franchisor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was thinking of a word that you could use. I think a, a, a franchise owner is sort of like a shock absorber, which is, a, <laughs> you know, so we're the shock absorber between uh, corporate and employees, our employees, you know, so they don't really see everything that's going on, uh, you know, in the corporate world. And we, we absorb that shock, a shock. I, you know, I'll withdraw money from my savings and put it into the business. And then sometimes it goes the other way. And, uh, you know, I, I used to feel guilty about drawing money from the business, but now I don't anymore because I'm, you know, putting money into the business. So, That's what you did it for, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We view our franchise partners as true partners. We try to, we're trying to get away, you know, most franchise systems, they want to keep you at arm's length because that's, you know, I had a professor at Georgetown say, you know, the, the definition of franchising is to reduce monitoring costs, right? Mm -hmm. so you can reduce the amount of time you're monitoring your people. That's the, that's the, that's the true definition of franchising. And I, I see his point behind that, but I view franchising as a partnership. We, we want to work hand in hand and roll up our sleeves and be a mm -hmm. true partner to our franchisees. And then not keep them at arm's length. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, a lot of franchisors don't realize that. They don't realize where, how their bread is buttered. <laughs> you know. Right. You know. And if they just work harder to making the franchise more uh, franchise uh, owner more successful, it automatically elevates them. You know. Well, they're symbiotic. The more successful they are, the more successful we are. Yeah. You know? yep. Yeah. And it takes a team effort. It does. It does. I just want to circle back a little bit, unless Fred wants to go to it. I know Fred looks like he has something. He didn't like my definition, I think. <laughs> well, no, I'm trying to think. I'm, I don't have a problem with the defi definition, your definition. I just thought we were talking home health care, not automotive franchising. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so we will take a, take a commercial break, um, as is our want. Uh, Ray, uh, 
we want to actually give a shout out to Feedspot for listing us as one of the top 20 uh, franchise podcasts you should listen to in 2020. And Ray, Congrats. as we go to the break, yeah, that's it. Number one, my friend, number one. Yep, number one. Thanks, Feedspot, uh, for listing us. We hope to make it in 2021. And now a word from a sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westbine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine.com. Thanks, Michelle. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Woman will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are The Franchise Woman. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. Thanks, Elizabeth. Looking forward to seeing you back on the show. Seeing all that. We do have a, uh, our audience is interested, and we have, we have a lot of people who are either thinking about buying a franchise or they're already involved in another one, and they want, they're thinking about adding to it. So give us a little information about uh, your, your franchise. It's our franchise fee starts at $39,500, um, which is extremely competitive in our mm-hmm. market, in our, in our industry. And our territories are two to three times larger than we have the largest um, that I know of in the industry. So we start at 400,000 people in population. Mm-hmm. We can go as high as 625,000 people in po- for one single unit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we take a look at our candidates, you know, we, you know, we want to have some liquidity there that we look for so they can either give themselves an SBA loan or, or, or have enough money to, um, to make sure, to ensure success. Like you said, you want to make sure you have enough for emergencies also. Um, we take a look at their debt to income or debt mm-hmm. to net worth mm-hmm. ratio um, because um, we, you know, we want to know if they're putting every penny they own into this or, or how that affects or, or not because that might affect their mentality at some point um but you know we we, we want to be open and flexible um sometimes we just go with our feel do we feel like they're going to be a good franchise owner and if they're going to yeah. yeah. you know um we're going to try to find ways to make it work um we we, mm-hmm. we try to 
pride ourselves of being outside the box thinkers, you know. Yeah. We're doing that right now. We have a candidate that is closing in two weeks for us that, um, you know, they're going to make it the pot. They're going to make their um, franchise fee in, in two payments, you know, mm-hmm. just because of certain circumstances. And we're okay with that. You know, we, we want to be flexible. Have you ever had, um, obviously without names and, and things that would give the person away, have you ever had an absolute train wreck? Yep. <laughs> yeah. and, and what do you attribute that to what what do you think that what, what where do you think the it, you, you went wrong or they went wrong in the process i think where we went wrong in the process is we ignored some red flags um you know being a smaller brand we while our our philosophy has always been let's hire quality and not quantity you know it's really hard when the mm-hmm. when the time comes to say no at sometimes um and so there was a lot of red flags to show us that they weren't necessarily teachable. They weren't willing to um, mm-hmm. follow um, the formula, if you will. Yeah, yeah you know? absolutely. And, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, Ray and I were just, just talking about, oh, yeah, you know, remember, you know, this one and that one, and they already knew everything, and they hadn't even got their yep. foot in the door. Yeah. So, well, yep. How many franchises do you have right now? We have six franchisees with a total of 11 territories. Mm-hmm. And we have two corporate-owned locations currently, but we have okay. a good handful coming in the next 90 days. What are some of the target areas? So for people who are out there listening, if they happen to be in those um, upcoming markets that you'd like to break into, um, can right. you talk a little bit about that? I think some of the hottest markets right now for us, um, because – Taking a step back, our model is, is both private pay and we work with Medicaid, where most brands work with private pay. Mm-hmm. And so under the Medicaid model, we really want to focus the biggest, best markets are those with high Medicaid reimbursement levels. Mm-hmm. And that's places like Arizona, um, Pennsylvania, Nebraska, um, and then Wisconsin is a really a good market for us as well. Considering I live in Wisconsin, it's really easy for us. Um, mm-hmm. The only state we're pretty much sold out of is Colorado, which the Grand Junction area, the western western slope, we can we can take care of. But outside of that, we're, we're sold out. Okay, I have a crazy question. This whole Medicaid situation that you're talking about, what and or why are some markets better than others? I I, I thought that was a federal program. I'm totally confused. It is a federal program, but it is state ran. So the funding comes from federal government, but each state just decides how they choose to use that money for what programs within their Medicaid system. And so some states will have a reimbursement level of say $14 an hour, like Texas, I think it's 14 and change, and you have to pay your caregivers 10, it doesn't make sense. Um, Some states, you know, like Colorado, for example, they're over, I think over 19 or 1850 right now, they're going to be over 19. Um, this Connecticut has really good um, Medicaid rates. And that's, that's kind of what we look at is the Medicaid rates and, and the regulations. How hard is it to get a license there and manage the license? Well, I had no idea there was such a discrepancy in Huge. the states and how they pay. Very interesting. Right. Yeah. That's what makes it, they're all not the greatest payer source. I mean, you're talking, you know, 16 to $20 an hour for Medicaid or private pay, you can probably get, you know, 24 to $32 an hour, depending on the market. And so a lot of brands 
don't see the value in taking um, that lower margin patients. And um, we, we do see the margin. And that comes back to a comment Ray made earlier, you know, you have to be able to learn to operate under thin margins uh, because those mm -hmm. who start under uh, extreme economic circumstances, those businesses that start during them are the ones that last forever. Because if you start a business and margins are really good and business is fat, you might have a harder time dealing with the lean times. Yeah. Because you're not used to it. Right. 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 I was, Speaking I was of lean times. Yeah. Um, how, <laughs> like now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Again. Yeah. So how how has COVID affected business for you guys? Obviously, you have to operate a little bit differently. Yeah. Our business model has changed quite a bit, I think, with anything from uh, recruiting strategies and, and how to recruit and retain employees to um, our lead generation and how do we find our clients. We've had a little bit of a roller coaster with COVID. You know, it, at first, everybody just went on shutdown and we had a bunch of clients, you know, pause services because they were afraid, yeah. uh, rightfully so. Um, I probably would be too, you know, at first. Mm -hmm. um, and then over time, they slowly came back and now people realize like, oh, oh, wow, we really need your help. And so now our hours have gone back up, but we've had to be creative in finding less traditional revenue sources, you know, trying to do things like staffing and sure. um, putting caregiver, you know, a lot of people are taking temperatures when they go into built businesses, um, trying to help staff that. Mm -hmm. and, um, so we overall, um, as a group, we have seen um, our hours are a lot higher now um, than they were prior to COVID. Um, okay, that's good. That's really good. Not everybody has seen um, that rebound, a complete rebound. Right. Our biggest challenge actually is the caregiver side of things. Um, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the unemployment, the, what was it? $600 a week, I think it was. Um, mm -hmm. The kicker. Yeah, yeah. On top of normal unemployment, that made it really hard. We had caregivers asking us to fire them, you yeah. know, and it yeah. was, <laughs> you know, that, that adds some challenges. I had then, that happen too. And I'm like, <laughs> in my right mind, I cannot do that. Yeah. Not yeah. They made more money. At home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then same with minimum wage. That's another kind of threat to us, which we're fine. We, we'll deal with it. But Every time minimum wage gets raised, we have caregivers that come back and says, I need to work less hours because I need my WIC program or I need my Medicaid or I need my, because I'm on a low income program. Raising minimum wage really doesn't solve the issue. You know, I've been on calls with people and they keep saying, we need to raise the minimum wage or right. the, the, the earn, you know, the ability for these caregivers to earn more. But the problem is the, the more things you do and the more money you give them, the less they're going to work. And then you're going to have less people to help support the seniors, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's hard to explain to some people that yeah. minimum wage is not all that it seems. <laughs> that means that, you know, well, if, if in Illinois, we're going to have that. And guess what? Prices are going to go up. And yep. that means everybody's going to pay for that person making minimum wage. It's called wage push inflation. Yeah. 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 And people don't like it, but, but yet, you know, we vote to do it. And then when it actually happens, we're like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't want to have to pay more. Well, right. you wanted to raise minimum wage and that affects everything from the person who handles the boxes that your products go into, right? Like 
everything is touched. Right. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I mean, think that it, it's important. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was say, with these minimum wage people, it doesn't save these low-income programs anything by putting them more money into the, you know, these, these workers are going to find ways to reduce their hours or reduce their income, so they do still qualify for those programs. They, yeah. yeah, I think as we talk about January. this, the, the one thing that really kind of jumps out at me is, and it's certainly not to scare people away from buying a franchise, but I think that if um, folks out there are thinking about it and you have HR experience or you have a hiring experience, right. you're a great candidate for a small business like this. Because a lot of people who go into these things, now I've had some HR experience, but not, I'm not an HR professional. And a lot of what you're dealing with in small business, even in franchises, is really the people issues. You know, right. the things that we just talked about are things that most people working in corporate America, they don't think about because unless they're in HR, they don't deal with that part. Right. And uh, so I think it's actually as much of a headache as it can be. I find it to be quite enjoyable and just sitting back and watching um, human behavior in a situation like this, just like you said, well, oh, I get more money. Well, then I want to work less. And I'm like, yep. well, oh, yeah. I get it. Because these <laughs> programs tell you if you make too much, you no longer qualify. And yeah. so um, I think, I think small businesses really bring out so many different aspects of an owner's personality, their skill sets. I mean, it really makes you rise to the occasion and make sure that even if you're not an expert in one thing, you become knowledgeable in all things, right? That's that jack of all trades, master of none. That's, that's been part of our model. You know, you know, part of my career, I was a, a consultant, uh, an intern for the SBA, consulting small businesses when I was in mm -hmm. college. And one of the things I learned was exactly what you're saying. Small business owners have to be the master of everything, HR, accounting, recruiting, you know, benefits, mm -hmm. um, tax planning, digital marketing. But the reality is they're not the experts in everything. And so right. one of the biggest differentiators we have is the fact that we have built a system that has built in those experts for them. So we have a recruiting department that helps all of our franchisees with recruiting. Wow. Um, that's include, basically included. Um, for, mm -hmm. um, you know, so they, and they actually pay for a lot of recruiting costs too. And then they have an HR manager that teaches them how to do HR and, and basically is your HR department. They'll give you your, all your forms. They'll help you fire people. They'll help you hire people. Wow. So anybody out there looking for a franchise, I've never heard of having that kind of support before. Fred and I talked about a year ago about putting together some kind of, you know, the big myth in so many franchises is the HR part. And that's what you as a franchisor is offering. That's, that's yeah, almost address that head on. invaluable. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's amazing. It's very important. Same with benefits. You know, our franchisees, we get access mm -hmm. to Fortune 500 benefits for their employees, for themselves, you know, day one. But again, who takes the time to manage those benefits? That's a whole nother department. And mm -hmm. so we've got people, you know, digital marketing and how do, how do you do your mm -hmm. online social media, pay-per-click, you know, I'm the CEO of a company and it's still confusing for me. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Kristen and I are, are, are Fred, Fred's on mute, part I think. of the co-op yeah. regarding that. <laughs> digital marketing so you know we <laughs> i still Fred's like what about west about sign it. what about west sign fred's dying over here 
Westline, yeah. hello, I help you both. Is somebody going to drop my name? <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching the podcast, you'll see Fred flailing like he's drowning. <laughs> wow. Well, we'll have to have a talk wow. offline about what you do then and add you to our vendor list. <laughs> yeah, you should. That's exactly He does a lot of that. And, and I will say the great thing about Westline is they can tailor it to each location, customize, um, I call them caricatures, but they're little cartoon things. And um, she's my favorite now. Oh. <laughs> as long as I win the hat contest, that's all I care about. Well, I want to get back a little bit to the nuts and bolts of the franchise, and uh, sure. uh, what type, we we just touched the, the fact that that licenses are required. So. In some states. What type of the fran- uh, license does the franchise require, and what type of license does the employees in the franchise require? So it, it's all uh, state-specific. Some states require you to have a license. Others don't, like Arizona, for example. Mm-hmm. You can literally start business tomorrow if you wanted to. Um, wow. And so we'll help. You know, The complicated part of that as well is figuring out which states have what rules and regulations and how do you apply for that license, and that's where we come into play. Okay. So we'll help guide people through that. When it comes to the employees themselves, um, there is no licensure required really in any state. These caregivers can be um, could be you, could be me, could be anybody who has a heart and, and wants mm-hmm. to get into this industry. Good franchise systems will have great training programs for their mm-hmm. caregivers um, to help them to help them learn how to be better caregivers. And training you have. service is part of uh, yeah. the, you know, what you, what you get and your training and, and, uh, right. Is there training for the, uh, franchise employees as well? Did you offer it or not? Well, uh, you have to be careful with that, with some joint employment regulations. So it's more okay. of a train the trainer. We train the franchisor how to do it. We do require every franchisee though, to, um, to become a certified senior advisor. Okay. Um, that's a third party person that does that training, um, mm-hmm. that does that certification. And then they also become a, a certified dementia trainer also mm-hmm. in dementia care mm-hmm. and compassion. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah. So they become, and it's part of their sales and marketing they can also use too. So it's, it's kind of twofold. They can train their caregivers and also train hospitals and mm-hmm. policemen and fire people and anybody who wants to be trained on mm-hmm. dementia care. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, it's very important. There's so much of that happening now. So, and we talk about uh, dementia. Look at Fred sitting there with his rabbit hole background. <laughs> yeah. So is it, is it time, Fred? <laughs> All right, go down the rabbit hole. Time for us to go down. So this week we're going to do one of my favorites, which is alien invasion. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so the down the rabbit hole question is. How will Talum Home Care determine how to care for various alien races that invade Earth? Um, we teach them the human spirit. Oh. We, we absolutely teach them the human spirit <clears throat> and how to care. Yeah. How to take that personalized approach and um, how to make every person that you touch feel like they're important. Because yeah. isn't that the definition of humanity right or the, the best quality of humanity is our is our heart Absolutely. hopefully they don't want to eat it ray <laughs> right <laughs> your, uh, your famous last question ray we're ready for the last question 
So, uh, first of all, I'm going to say I love your logo. I can see it in the background. Thank you. I, I think it, 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 it uh, it's been a We're talking about caring and heart and, and home. And uh, the, the, the last question is, so if somebody is listening to this show is say, hey, this is something I really want to get into. How is the best way to get a hold of you? Um, call us directly. Go onto our website or, you know, and look us up, um, www.talentfranchising.com or talenthomecare.com, either way. Um, but you can pick up the phone and call me um, anytime. It's 833-TALENTHC is our phone number. Um, and that rings directly to me. Okay. Um, well, give, give, give us the numbers on that because uh, not everybody can translate sure. that. <laughs> um, geez, yeah, I can't even translate that. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to look eight, at the phone. <laughs> I do. 833-TALENTHC. So it's uh, 825-3642. There you go. Uh, all right. <laughs> And of course, as when this show airs, everything will be on our webpage. So anybody who's listening can say, I didn't get that. I was driving or whatever. Uh, you know, it'll be right. on our webpage after the show airs. Correct. So it will, right? So much, Jake. You're a fantastic yeah. guest. We really appreciate it. What well, a thank great you for having heart, me today. What a great heartfelt <laughs> franchisor you seem to be. Thank yeah. you for being on the show. Well, I appreciate that, and I just encourage you guys to come experience it. So. Feel it, feel